Hi, welcome to Bookie. To unlock more world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features. Today we are going to unlock the book The Shortest History of Europe. We know that there are many ancient civilizations from different parts of the world. Still, the foundations of modern civilization, namely democracy, the concept of human rights, and the industrial revolution, all originated in the recent history of Europe. Not only did these ideas affect Europe, but they have also had a profound impact on the development of the modern world. It begs the question, why Europe? How did these foundations of civilization develop? And how did European civilization originally start? We may have some background knowledge acquired from literary works and films. However, we might still be confused when talking about certain historical periods and events, such as the classical era, the Middle Ages, the Crusades, and the Renaissance. When thinking about history books, what comes to mind is voluminous works filled with long lists that include people, events, and timelines. It's easy for people to lose track of what they have just read, or they might simply lose interest after only a few pages. So, is it possible to quickly obtain a clear overall understanding of European history? The book The Shortest History of Europe provides us with an opportunity to do this. The author of this book John Hurst was a professor of history at La Trobe University in Melbourne, Australia. He was also a member of the Australian Prime Minister's Republic Advisory Committee and a council member of the National Museum of Australia. The content of this book was put together from Hearst's many lectures designed for Australian college students. It organizes about 3,000 years of European history from ancient Greece to 1800 AD. Through the perspectives of wars, politics, and religion, this book lays out the history of European civilization like a map. It explains everything piece by piece, leaving us with a clear and systematic understanding of European history and civilization within a very short time. To make it easier to understand, Hearst divided European history into three major periods. He first explored the Classical Era, which is the period before the fall of the Western Roman Empire in 476. He then moved on to the Middle Ages, which lasted from 476 to around 1400. Finally, the Modern Times section deals with the period after 1400. In the following bookie, we'll unlock the book following the order of these three historical periods. First, let's look at some of the elements that made up European civilization during the Classical Era. When tracing the origin of European civilization, no one can avoid ancient Greece. In the classical era, Greece was not a unified political entity, but rather a broad geographical concept. Different Greek city-states had different political systems, but people could travel among those city-states freely. We know that Western philosophy, science, medicine, art, mathematics, and politics can all be traced back to ancient Greece. Exactly how clever were those ancient Greeks that created such brilliant civilizations? We can get a glimpse into their way of thinking from mathematics. Over 2000 years ago, the ancient Greeks found that the area of the square built upon the hypotenuse of a right triangle, is equal to the sum of the areas of the squares upon the remaining sides. It was named the Pythagorean Theorem. They also knew about irrational numbers, infinity, and other advanced concepts. 
While other ancient civilizations saw mathematics simply as a problem-solving tool and lacked systematic theories, the ancient Greeks emphasized propositions, axioms, formal logic, deductive methods, and proofs. These theories and methods were developed solely by the ancient Greeks independently, and they are still used today. For the Greeks, geometry could guide humans to discover the essence of the universe. They believed that there must be a simple, regular, and logical principle behind everything in the world, which could be expressed in a mathematic form, like geometry. What's interesting is that the ancient Greeks did not view science the same way we do now, for example with hypotheses and testing theories through experiments. They relied on their instincts and ideas, so sometimes their conclusions were not reliable. In the era of Galileo, during the time of the scientific revolution, those theories were overturned. Hearst argued however that later generations were able to overturn those wrong theories, because they followed the exact Greek principles of research. They believed that the answers must be simple, logical, and mathematical. Following population growth, the Greeks began to build colonies. Upon their arrival in Rome, which was then just a small village, the Romans began to learn from these intelligent Greeks. Rome gradually grew stronger. It became a republic, and it conquered Greece, encompassing it into its territory. The Romans were better than the Greeks at fighting, ruling, and engineering. However, in some respects, they willingly submitted to Greek culture and even made Greek the second official language. Just as some parents today send their children to study abroad in top universities, ancient Roman elites would send their children to study in Athens. There was one important area where Rome was superior, the law. In the beginning, Rome practiced customary law. This means there was no written form of the law, and only the patricians had the power to interpret it. But around 450 BC, the commoners struggled for their rights and forced the Senate to issue the Law of the Twelve Tables, which limited the patricians' power to interpret the law at will. The Law of the Twelve Tables was the first written law in ancient Rome. From then on, until the completion of the Corpus Juris Civilis in the 6th century, all laws issued in Rome during this period were collectively referred to as Roman law. The jury system and the lawyer system all originated from these Roman laws. Roman law was rich in content and systematically well established. It would eventually be emulated by the legislation of future European states. The Romans inherited Greek civilization and helped it progress by establishing written Roman law. Thus, the first element of European civilization was formed, Greek and Roman learning. When asked what other crucial elements European civilization has, many would naturally think of Christianity. Christianity did not originate in Europe. It was born out of Judaism and originated in the Roman province of Judea and Western Asia. In the beginning, the Greeks and Romans believed in many gods. In their mythology, different gods are in charge of different areas. For example, in Greek mythology, Aphrodite is the goddess of love and beauty, and Athena is the goddess of wisdom. Their counterparts in Roman mythology are Venus and Minerva. Just like human beings, these gods and goddesses have feelings, desires, shortcomings, and sometimes they even do immoral things. Zeus, king of the gods, for example, is a womanizer. He has seven wives and many affairs. Sometimes he even transforms into animals to seduce or abduct those he has a crush on. 
In one instance, he transformed into a bull and abducted the Phoenician princess Europa. The word Europe is derived from her name. Unlike the Greeks and Romans, Jewish people believe that there was only one true God in the universe. The Jewish God is omniscient, omnipotent, perfect, and always right. They firmly believe that Jewish people were the chosen people, and they must follow many complex and strict moral commandments if they wanted to be saved by God. For this reason, in Judaism, morality and religion are closely related. We know that Christianity is based on the teaching of Jesus, who was both a Jew and a preacher. When preaching, Jesus often criticized the strict moral code of Judaism, and taught that salvation belonged to all mankind, including non-Jewish people, or the Gentiles. This teaching transcended racial boundaries and ethnic restrictions, and as a result it spread rapidly. For this reason, the Jewish rulers were suspicious of Jesus, and they cooperated with the Romans to convict him. During that period, the Roman regime heavily persecuted Christians. Some films and television shows have depicted these events. The Roman rulers repeatedly banned Christianity. They tortured and executed Christians who refused to renounce their faith. They also deliberately created disastrous incidences and blamed Christians for them, so as to arouse people's opposition against Christians. The Romans were usually quite tolerant. In the past, they were fine with people celebrating different religions. Why were they so hostile against Christianity alone? It turns out that the Romans believed that their emperor was like a god. They believed that in addition to the other gods, one should perform a sacrifice to the emperor as well. The Christians however insisted on worshipping their one and only god. As a result, the Roman government saw the Christians as troublemakers and vowed to eliminate Christianity. This persecution of Christians lasted for a long time until things eventually changed. In 313, Constantine the Great proclaimed the Edict of Milan. He openly supported and recognized the legitimacy of Christianity. Although he most likely did this with the political intention of gaining the support of the Christians, he changed the destiny of Christianity. Fifty years later, another Roman Emperor Theodosius I took this a step further, and made Christianity the official and sole religion of the Roman Empire. From then on, Christian priests were able to parade around the town preaching their message. They even marched into the countryside to destroy the pagan temples. The Roman Empire ultimately became Christian. With the support of the Roman Empire, Christianity rose to power and later dominated the entire continent of Europe. With this development came the second element of European civilization. In 395, Theodosius I decided to divide the Roman Empire shortly before his death. The eastern half was given to his eldest son, and the western half was given to his younger son. By the end of the Classical era, a critical event took place in Europe, the fall of the Western Roman Empire. To explain why this happened, we have to examine the third element of European civilization, the Germanic warriors. The Germanic people were a tribal people living along the borders of the Roman Empire. The Romans regarded the Germans, Celts, and Slavs as three major groups of barbarians. Nowadays, the descendants of the Germanic people populate Germany, Norway, England, and many other European countries. The Germanic people loved fighting. They didn't enjoy peace. If their tribe remained peaceful for too long, 
they would deliberately provoke other tribes. The warriors earned food and weapons by fighting for their leaders. They looked down upon those who lacked bravery on the battlefield, and they despised farming. As the Roman historian Tacitus once said, the Germans regarded it as spiritless and base to gain by sweat what he can buy with blood. Once, they settled just outside of the territory of the Roman Empire and started to harass and invade it frequently. They even formed some densely populated communities inside the empire. The declining Roman regime sent troops and tried to expel these invaders. Still, more and more Germanic people began to settle inside the city. When the Germanic people invaded Rome at first, they only wanted the land. They wanted to settle down in a fertile area and enjoy the good things in life. They had no intention of seizing power for themselves, and they were fine with having a Roman as their emperor. However, as more of them arrived, the Roman Empire did not have much land left to rule. Finally, in 476, the Germanic leader known as Odoacer dethroned the emperor of the Western Roman Empire, thus marking the end of an era. Interestingly, Odoacer did not claim to be the emperor, but the king of Italy instead. He even sent the crown and purple robe that had belonged to the emperor of the west to the capital city of the Eastern Roman Empire, thus acknowledging the legitimacy of the remaining emperor. That brings us to the end of the first part. Let's now summarize what we have learned. In the classical era, the Romans took over Greece and inherited Greek civilization. They helped it progress by adding written Roman law. A fusion of Greek and Roman learning was formed. Shortly after this, Christianity was born out of Jesus' teaching in Roman-colonized province of Judea, and eventually became the official religion of the Roman Empire. Theodosius I divided the Roman Empire into two parts, and the Germanic warriors repeatedly invaded and occupied its western territories. They overturned the Western Roman Empire in 476. With the fall of the Western Roman Empire, Europe entered the lengthy Middle Ages. Today we are just sharing limited bookie. To unlock more key insights of world-class bestseller, please download our app. Just search for B-O-O-K-E-Y at Apple Store or Google Play. You will get 7 days free trail with more features.